0: Rick Thomas, you're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I have a friend. Isn't that a great way to start off a podcast or to ask a question? Yeah, Rick, we know who you're talking about. You're talking about yourself. No, this is true. I have a friend. I have a person who is, who is written in. Actually, I don't know the person, but I, I consider him a friend. He's he's written in uh, to our ministry, and he's asked a question on forgiveness. And this is such an important topic that I thought, you know what, I just need to devote and experience. Amount of time to this subject. The reason forgiveness is so important is obvious because we're imperfect people and we sin against each other on a, on a regular basis. I was frustrated with Lucia this morning and uh, it, it was too early in the morning. I am not a morning person. Uh, typically, I'm in a, a lot of pain in the morning uh, with my back, and that's not an excuse. I'm just stating the reality of the situation. And, and she asked me a, a question about doing something, and I was grumpy to her. That's also called murder. According to James chapter 4, uh, I was not getting what I want, so I murder, is what he said, and so I was grumpy to her, and I asked her to forgive me. And forgiveness is just that important. It's, it's an everyday tool in the Christian's toolbox, but sometimes Christians don't know how to use the tool correctly, and my friend is writing in a humble question, and he, he wants to know my perspective as he's been reading some of the articles on our website about forgiveness, and so I thought this would be good to do a podcast about. This is episode 297. The title of this podcast is Knowing How to Live Out Practical Forgiveness is Essential, and I think that says it all. We do need to know how to live out practical Uh, forgiveness. I do want to give a brief update on episode 295. Episode 295 was titled, Thoughts on Bible Plans, Studies, Memorization, and More. And you can listen to episode 295 if you want, but it was written to a friend also, and she wrote in today, and she said, thank you. She had a question. Uh, She was working with a new uh, Christian a new believer and she was asking a question about Bibles and Bible studies and memorization and study tips and et cetera and so on. And so I did a podcast for her, episode two hundred and ninety-five. And she sent that to her friend and he listened to it. And she told me this morning in an email, she said, My friend listened to it and said, I think he was talking right to me. Well, in a sense, I was, but because the question that she was asking was so universal, I was speaking to all of us. And sometimes I will do a a podcast like that because it's a universal applicable question as this one here is on forgiveness and so she listened to episode 295 sent it to her friend he listened to episode 295 and by the way we've had some other comments about that episode as as well and that was what i was thinking it was applicable to to many people now if you have a question that you would like for me to work out in a life over coffee episode just please write and ask and say hey here's my my question would you would you Develop an outline, and and would you give 30 minutes to uh, working through this question? And I, I really would love to do that. By the way, uh, Judy, another person commented, I saw this, this came through on our, our Facebook page. I, there was a post that was posted out there, and she said, I think that Rick Thomas is in my head. Well, that's not true, Judy. I don't know you, and I'm not in your head. Uh, and and you probably don't want me there, and I definitely don't want anybody inside my head. That would just be a, a depressing experience for you all, but I thought it was humorous, and she put her little smiley emoji beside it as well. No, I'm not in your head, but here's the cool thing, kind of like the person in episode 295 with the Bible memorization and study habits thing. It is applicable to all, and so Judy was basically just saying this was very helpful to me, and then humorously she she was thinking that I was in her head. But that's our, how our resources work. As you know, the stuff that I produce is actually for me. I am talking to myself first and foremost. And so these are devotional studies and reflective thoughts that I put in article content, video content, podcast content. It's for me, but also understand that we all are cut from the same Adamic cloth, and therefore there can be a zillion applications that people can make and benefit from, from one episode like this one here, 297. And so when it comes to forgiveness, forgiveness is a multifaceted opportunity for two people to to reconcile after there is a transgression. But here's the problem. The complexity of sin and the complications of some relationships— it's not always straightforward. And so each person must work hard to understand biblical forgiveness and do all they can to reconcile when sin divides two people. And so I hope that in this episode, as I respond to the questioner who is asking for clarity for forgiveness, I trust it benefits him and benefits you as well. Now in these show notes, episode 297, I have a lot of supplemental content here i have linked articles that you can read that will help fill out what i'm saying because this episode you can't do 30 minutes on forgiveness and and speak to it in a plenary way and so we have supplemental resources linked here for example i have an article here my husband never asked for forgiveness how am I to respond? Here's another one. The victim of an unwanted divorce learns how to forgive. And there are several more in here as well. And so if you really want to get a, the full kawash on, on forgiveness, I would just appeal to you to hunker down in episode 297 and just spend some time working through this. All right, let me read to you what my friend Darren asked. Now, sometimes when you send in questions, I won't use your name because uh, there needs to be anonymity uh, due to the sensitivity of the question that's being asked here. But I, I am using Darren's name here because it's just a it's a good question, but it's also more generic than specific to anything that he's asking about you know, his own relationships and so forth. So it's just a general question on forgiveness, hence his name. But again, if you have something that's sensitive, I, I will refrain from doing that, because it's not about drawing attention to any particular ind- individual. It's about communicating solid, practical content that helps all of us, you and me, uh, to mature in Christ. And so Darren says this, when both parties seek godly and biblical relational reconciliation genuinely? Isn't forgiveness given the Christ way rather than forgiveness sought? Now, what Darren's asking here, I'm only giving you part of his question here because I did pull out some of the more uh, sensitive parts of what he was saying. What he's asking here, he is suggesting that we should never seek forgiveness, that nobody should ever ask for forgiveness. This is what he's saying. So he said, when both parties seek godly and biblical relational reconciliation genuinely, isn't forgiveness given the Christ way rather than forgiveness sought? He goes on to say, we have instruction many times and in many examples, direct commands and inferences to offer, give, pronounce, upon another forgiveness. Still, I'm unsure if I see a time when Christ instructs his followers to seek forgiveness. And so you see what he's asking here. There's a hang-up here on this idea of seeking forgiveness, and he says the Bible doesn't teach that. He finishes with, am I missing something? We are to forgive as Christ forgave, yes, Does he wait for, does he require first an apology, a payment, making things right? I would answer my question with no and hope for or wait for correction if I am wayward in my thinking. And so this is part of what da- Darren sent into me. And so I want to work through this, and I'm going to come at it from from several angles. He's asking specific questions about forgiveness, but there's a couple other things that he's asking here that I want to speak into and so let, let's get into it. The key one of the key ideas uh, for all of us to keep in mind is that forgiveness is part of the repentance process. It's not the beginning of the repentance process, nor is it the end. The beginning of the, be- the beginning of the forgiveness process is sin. I mean, that is the very beginning, because there would be no need for repentance if there was no sin. And then the end of the forgiveness of the repentance process is to go and make disciples. And so that's the beginning and the end. The beginning is sin. That's where we are self-centered. We do something with self-focus in mind. And the end, when you have truly repented, it is the complete opposite of that, 180 degrees from self-centeredness, which is other-centeredness. And so the end is going and making disciples, pouring your life into someone to help them to mature versus the start of the repentance process, which is self-seeking, self-centered and so forth and so on. And so within the beginning and end, this whole process of repentance I'm talking about, within that is the idea of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a component of the entire repentance process. Now I have three links here that uh, you may want to get into and reflect and study more on this idea of repentance. I have an article and a podcast that's linked here. I also have a one-hour webinar where I break down the 13 steps of repentance, and that is critical. Now, if you want to watch the shorter version of that one-hour webinar, there's a link here for a 10-minute shorter version as I break down the doctrine of repentance, but I would appeal to you to carve out some time. Just pretend you're watching a movie. It's not even as long as a movie, so you can do it, and you can watch a one-hour webinar here. It's free, and you can watch it and, and just go through the, the uh, 13 steps of repentance. But the key idea is that forgiveness is part. And so if you only work through forgiveness, you haven't necessarily repented. And that's something that you need to keep in mind. And so Darren asks, he says, when both parties seek godly and biblical relational reconciliation genuinely, isn't forgiveness given the Christ way than than forgiveness sought? Well, yes, when both parties want forgiveness, it will happen the Christ way. But I'm going to make a case here. That forgiveness the Christ way also includes a person seeking it, and Darren doesn't believe this or understand this at this point. But seeking or, or or forgiveness done the Christ way does include in part seeking it, and I'll speak to that in just a moment. But he said something else here that I need to say in the in the second part of his question, his longer question. He says, we have instruction many times and in many examples, direct commands and inferences to offer to give to pronounce upon another forgiveness. Still, I'm unsure if I see a time when Christ instructs his followers to seek forgiveness. Now, let me say something clearly here, and I've devoted an entire episode to what I'm about to say. It's episode 153. The title of that episode is, You Don't Need a Verse for Everything That You Do. The writers of the Bible did not write the Bible with that kind of tight intent. It is not possible, or it's not even wise to think you need a verse or a passage to give you explicit directives or permission for all of your decision-making. That perspective is a burden that we should never place on the Bible, and we should not place on each other. I had an old, older pastor, my second pastor, when I moved to Greenville, South Carolina. He was famous for, for saying, if you can't give me scripture in verse, don't, don't bother me. Well I appreciate the cliché, but that's not wise. Because everything that we do and the reasons that we do it, we are not going to find a, a verse or a passage that tells us explicitly to do it. In fact, I would say that 95 to 98% of the things that you do on a daily basis, the Bible doesn't tell you to explicitly do it or forbid you from doing it. There are some things that are very clear in Scripture that we are to do and or not to do. But let me give you a few illustrations of things that the Bible will not tell you to do or not to do. Where should I eat today? Should I eat at home? Should I eat out? If I eat out, where should I eat? If I eat in, what should I eat? Should I marry this girl? The Bible's not going to tell you that in an explicit way. What church should I attend? When is a good time to change the oil in my vehicle? When I exercise, should I exercise three times or zero times per week? When I witness to, should I witness to that person at the cash register in the grocery store? You can go on and on and on. See, Darren's asking here. He says, We have instruction many times and in many examples, direct commands and inferences to offer, to give, to pronounce upon another forgiveness. Still, I'm unsure if I see a time when Christ instructs him. followers to seek forgiveness. You can't live in that tight way of thinking that if the Bible doesn't say it explicitly, then I can't do it or, or I I, I don't know what to do because that's not how life works. Herman Bavink, the Dutch theologian, he said this from his Reformed Dogmatics Volume 2, God in Creation. I'm just going to read it as as he stated it, Herman Bavink. He said, Scripture was not given to us in order that we should merely repeat its exact words in parrot-like fashion. But in order that we should digest it in our own minds and express it in our own words. That use was made by Scripture, of Scripture, by Jesus and the Apostles, who not only quoted the exact words of Scripture, the Old Testament, but also by a process of reasoning arrived at inferences and conclusions based upon those words. The Bible is neither a statute book nor a dogmatics text, but it is the source of theology. As word of God, not only its exact words have binding authority, but so have all conclusions that are, key idea, properly derived from it. Furthermore, neither study of Scripture nor theological activity is at all possible. Unless you use terms that do not occur in the Bible. And so it's important for us to understand that uh, is there a time, um, Darren's saying there's no instance in Scripture where Jesus told us to seek, seek forgiveness, therefore we should not seek forgiveness? And then the last part of his question is Am I missing something? We are to forgive as Christ forgave, yes. Does he wait for or require first an apology, a payment, making things right? I would answer my question with no and hope for or wait for correction if I'm wayward in my thinking, and I'd so appreciate, appreciate the humility of what he's wrestling with here, and he would be humble enough and transparent enough and honest enough to share his perspective in such a civil way. Isn't that, isn't that refreshing? Now, one of the things that you might not pick up on is that Darren is actually referring to an article that I wrote, and in the article, actually the title of the article pretty much explains it. The title of the article is, Don't Apologize and Don't Say I'm Sorry, and he read that as saying that you're supposed to apologize and you're supposed to say you're sorry. Actually, I make a case in that article not to do that. And so he misunderstood what I was saying in the article, even misunderstood the title of the article. I said, don't apologize, and don't say that I'm sorry. And so that article's linked here if you want to read it. All right, so the big idea that he's asking, he's saying that we shouldn't seek forgiveness. The Bible doesn't teach it. And so part of my answer is uh, the Bavink quote, Is that we want to be careful that we don't think of Scripture as this tight text to where we can only repeat and respond to the exact words in a parrot-like fashion. If you do that, uh, well you won't benefit from all that Scripture teaches, obviously, and you'll get into all kinds of personal and relational chaos. There are actually some texts that imply seeking reconciliation. For example, in Luke 15, the prodigal son, after he hit the hog lot, he went to his father, and he asked explicitly, and I realize it's a parable, but he asked explicitly for forgiveness. Father, forgive me, for I have sinned against heaven. And so that's a very clear text of someone seeking forgiveness in that parable. Think about this. In Romans 12, 18, it instructs us to do all that depends on us to live in peace with others. If you have sinned against someone and somebody needs to make the first move, like the prodigal in Luke 15... Well, according to Romans twelve, eighteen, you need to do all that depends upon you to live in peace with others. And so as I was saying earlier, I I sinned against Lucia this morning and my grumpiness. I could should I seek forgiveness? Darren is thinking that you don't. Well, no, I need to do all that depends on me. And so I went and I asked her, I sought, like the prodigal, will you forgive me? I sinned against God. I sinned against you. Will you forgive me? And then James 4.17 says that, well, if you know to do good and you do not do it, then it is a sin. And so if God is, is moving your heart, if the Spirit of God is convicting you about a personal sin towards someone, in addition to God, all sin is against God, you need to seek forgiveness ask God to forgive you ask that person that you sinned against to forgive will you forgive me because you know to do good and if you don't do good James says 417 you it would be sin and then in 516 James says that we should confess our sins to to one another now the we would understand in scripture that we only confess our sins to those with whom we have sinned against we we're not confessing our sins by putting it on social media and just blaring to the world. I mean, there's common sense logic, biblical logic here that keeps us within proper boundaries, but... That could not be clearer in 516, that we confess our, our sins to one another. This is episode 297, Knowing How to Live Out Practical Forgiveness is Essential. I'm asking a, a question from someone who wrote in who is struggling with this idea of seeking forgiveness. I've said two primary things. One, you want to steer away from such a tight uh, application of the Bible— in a parrot-like fashion that we want to derive, that God is in a relationship with us, and He's given us a His Word and the Spirit of God, and He works in our heart to help us to think through practical biblical applications. And I am saying that a practical biblical application is we should seek forgiveness uh, from others, and then I want to get into how to do that in some practical ways. So as I wrap up this podcast, I want to not just make the appeal that we should seek forgiveness when it's right and necessary, and it's the thing that you're supposed to do to bring reconciliation. I want to talk a little bit more about forgiveness because, again, it is a complicated... it can be a complicated situation, due to the fallenness of humanity and the unwillingness of of some people. But there are situations to where you shouldn't or you can't forgive another person. Maybe you want to go to them and seek reconciliation, whether you're the offender and you want them to forgive you, or they are the offender and, and, and you want to reconcile with them. There are people that have sinned against us, and we want to do all that depends on us to live in peace with others, and sometimes we initiate so that transactional forgiveness can take place, even though we are the offended ones. But there are times when it's not possible to do that. You can't reconcile, or maybe you shouldn't. Let me give you four illustrations. If the offender is dead— you can't pursue forgiveness with the hope of reconciliation because the person is, is dead, has passed away. My dad would be in that category. Uh, I was unregenerate at 19 when he died, and then God regenerated me at 25, but he had been dead for six years, and so there's no way that we could resolve the breach in our relationship forgiveness could not be transacted between us because he was not alive. So there's a condition where you can't either give forgiveness or request forgiveness. Another one would be the offender of an abuser. In virtually every case, in most cases, it is unwise for the abused and the abuser to come together in any kind of reconciliation, and there's been some awful teaching uh, in that area, where pastors, for example, have tried to put the abused, uh, like sexual abuse, together with the perpetrator of the abuse, and uh, that's just very, uh, that's just very unwise. You, you, just, you need to work through that, and and be very careful. And it's a case by case situation, and in most cases, that should just just should not happen it should not happen. And then number three, the offender is unwilling to reconcile. And so there's sin between two people, but one of them is unwilling. And so with the case of my dad, he was dead, and so it couldn't happen. In the case of an abuser, it's not wise for it to happen. And then there's a case where the person doesn't want to it to happen, and so you can't make it happen in all three of those situations. And then a, f- a fourth illustration would be the offender uh, is not a Christian, and so they ca- they can't be transactional forgiveness. They are under the wrath of God. I mean, you can reconcile and, and be friends, possibly, but there can't be biblical forgiveness because uh, this person is a A son of Satan is a child of Satan, a child of darkness, and you're a child of light and a child of God. And there can't be true biblical reconciliation, or in this case, forgiveness, because you live in two different worlds. And so there's four conditions where forgiveness uh, can't happen and reconciliation that comes after forgiveness. And so, yes, we should seek it, because the Bible teaches it that we should do it based on extrapolating Scripture biblically, going with Bovink's thought about how we uh, think through Scripture. But then there are conditions where you can't seek it or reconciliation can't happen. And then I want to finish by talking about two ideas that I've talked in other places, transactional and attitudinal forgiveness. There's transactional forgiveness where two people can actually transact. And so unlike the situation with my father, we could not transact. It's like me asking for something and him giving something. That is a transaction. But because of that situation or because of the abuser scenario that I mentioned or the person who is unwilling to reconcile, Or the person who is not a Christian, those four specific scenarios, there can't be transactional forgiveness, but there can be attitudinal forgiveness. Attitudinal forgiveness is what happens in your heart, regardless of what the other person does. You do not want to continue to be captured by what someone did to you. Though you may never reconcile, though they may never be a transaction, you can be free from what they did. You can be out from the captivity of what they did to you by working through this concept of attitudinal forgiveness. And so, and and if you're in that situation where a transaction can't happen, I would appeal to you to to find the help. I've got some articles here. Perhaps you would want to talk to us, which would be great, where we can walk you through, Uh, like in my uh, father's situation, again. uh, He's never asked for forgiveness for all of his physical and verbal abusiveness toward me and, and my siblings. But I'm not in bondage to that. God has freed me from that. My attitude is not captured, even though we will never be able to transact. And then, of course, there's transactional forgiveness. Transactional forgiveness is where two people can genuinely work together. To reconcile, to neutralize the sin, to bring it under the power of the gospel so that they can truly come together in a reconciling way. Episode 297, knowing how to live out practical forgiveness is essential. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.